Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 773 with Chad Grubbs. The learning experience is, is realize that you may be in a space for a limited time and to always evaluate other options to where you might want to be. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness. To learn more, visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. Insights, tools, and training to build a better restaurant, better business, and better life. That's what you get with restaurantowner.com. And honestly, as far back as I can remember over the past eight years, I think Restaurant Owner is probably the most recommended resource on the show for independent restaurant owners. And right now, I've struck a special deal with restaurantowner.com. When you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months free access to restaurantowner.com. That's a great deal. Not to mention your first 30 days of Restaurant Unstoppable Networker on us. So what are you waiting for? Get on it. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free what is going on unstoppables we have a great show for you today but before i let you know what we got going on just a reminder to please support our sponsors when you support our sponsors they support the show it's that simple and i don't let any jabroni sponsor the show i really vet my sponsors and i'm really trying to so i'm trying to to promote the best so rest assured we're looking out for you and i thank you in advance if you are supporting the show by going to my sponsors um we have a great show for you today but i want to remind you that uh in the network we have mike bosch joining us live on tuesday at I think it's going to be 2.30 Eastern PM. So if you enjoyed our episode last week and you want to be a part of the conversation, you want to connect with Mike directly, be sure to join the network. Uh, I'll have a link in the show notes in, in the show notes for a 30 day trial. If you just want, if you want to try it out, see what it's all about, make sure you go to the show notes. This is episode 773. So head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash seven, seven, three. We also have Chad grubs. Who's today's guest, a little, uh, sneak peek there. Uh, he is also joining us in the network on Wednesday to have a shop talk to reflect on today's episode. And then I also have to let you know on Monday tomorrow or with the day this episode goes live, uh, we have, we're going to be doing a jolt 
roundtable. So basically, if you're interested in Jolt, uh, we're going to be just inviting people who are in the network already uh, to this conversation to kind of figure out the pros, the cons, because we want to get Jolt on the show and we want to collaborate with Jolt to learn about best practices. And we're kind of just, you know, we're just, this is what the network's all about. It's restaurant owners coming together to share information. And then I'm going to take that information to go to the source and to dig even further. So if you want to be a part of these conversations, if you, you know, if you're, if it's, if it's lonely at the top and you need other restaurateurs to, to talk to, to bounce ideas off of and to share information with, then come join the network. All right. So with that said, said, uh, I already gave you the little teaser. Today, we're talking to Chad Grubbs. Chad has a really interesting story. Uh, his entry into this industry wasn't very, like, very traditional by any means. Tradition- he, I think he went to school. He was a psychology major. He ended up becoming a, a pastor for a short while. Uh, he realized that wasn't his thing. And then he got into the furniture making business. He had a bent on creativity, which was his furniture store. And uh, he and his wife uh, kind of went into business together with a joint, I think a joint location where she had a plant shop and he had a furniture store, which I thought was really cool how they combined that. Uh, and then eventually he realized uh, with owning this furniture store that what he really loved was creating events around his furniture store. And then he decided to, get into the coffee and food and beverage business because he figured that would be a better platform for what he truly loved, which was creating experiences and hosting these events. Uh, and that's kind of like the story leading into stitch. So he started originally with okay. Yeah. Co coffee. Uh, and it was an instant hit. I think they grew their Instagram following to well over 10,000 and uh, they were throwing these incredible events and they were like the talk of town. Um, and then the building that they were in, the the landlord uh, had different plans for it. So they were kind of forced out uh, and got another opportunity just down the street, which became Stitch Cafe. And um, man, I think what he's doing with Stitch Cafe is really cool. Uh, the whole idea of the word stitch is this mentality of stitching the community together. And I'll just read to you the kind of the, the statement. The intention of Stitch is to offer a simple yet holistic approach to the cafe experience while creating an environment that allows individuals the opportunity to experience connection by encountering authenticity, honesty, creativity, intentionality, and passion through food and beverage services. What kind of awesome mission statement is that, right? That's straight from the website. So uh, really cool stuff today. We get into... A lot of great stuff around collaboration, events, uh, subscription plans, podcasting. You're going to enjoy it. With no further ado, here it is. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chad Grubbs. My man, are you feeling unstoppable today? Dude, I am. The (laughs) optimistic side of me, like always wants to feel unstoppable. I love it, um, brother. Uh, so, yeah. I cannot wait to dive into your story, but let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Man, honestly, I don't know. Like, I always tell myself, shit will buff out. Shit will buff out. <laughs> I always feel like I'm waiting through it, and it's not negative, but, like, you always feel like everything's coming at you, and... That's what I always tell myself, man. It's you're gonna get to the other side, and it's actually a beautiful mess. Yeah, I love it, and that's what I do every day. Like I'm a problem solver. That's how I look at it. it might not be the the most visually appealing <laughs> quote, but I I love what you're dropping on us, man. It's great stuff. Great way to get this thing started. And where does it make sense to start telling your story? Because I know that 
you don't have a traditional path into the restaurant industry. You never worked in restaurants before opening your own cafe, did you? No. No. uh, Man, I always tell people that I'm a maker. I create stuff. Okay. And that's what I love to do. I love to create experiences. Okay. Um, I was in 2008, stock market crash. I had epic job where I traveled everywhere and sold software and... I got to do all that fun stuff. And then from then on, I always said, let's make my own pathway to okay. live out my life. So what were um, you doing? Like, what, what did you go to school for? Just get super aerial real quick. Who, who was Chad Grubbs before all of this? <laughs> yeah, the, before all this, I went to school for um, theology and psychology. Okay. Um, so human interactions always interested me. Helping people has always interested me. I love that. Yeah. And there's definitely been a correlation between people I've been interviewing and their interest in human behavior and psychology. I think that if, if at the end of the day, this is all about people understanding people and giving people what they want and need. For right? sure. And if you know what people want and need, if you understand how the human mind works, it makes that so much easier. Uh, <laughs> I, so I guess like, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, yeah. but like, Actually, finish, finish what you were saying. Get, continue to paint that picture of what you Yeah, doing. so from there, um, I, was, you know, I was a pastor for a little while. I shifted and kind of went on my own journey. Um, and then I got into a little bit of the commercial world, like I told you. And in 2008... What do you mean by you shifted and went on your own journey? That's, you, got, man, you, like, you, you intrigued me. <laughs> what kind of journey are we talking well, about? It just went from knowing initially how I thought I wanted to help people was that was just within the church was very singular focused, mm-hmm. and I knew that I wanted to be broader in my engagement. Um, and so I kind of, I guess when you're broader, younger, broader in what way? Uh, you know, I went out into what they call secular world, you know, and realized that you can help people in so many different ways and in not. I- Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. What is the secular world? What is that? Yeah. I've heard, I, I mean, what, like, I've heard it, but I'm not entirely familiar with that. Yeah, that me either. Okay. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> if you're within, and I'm not claiming to be within the Christian community anymore or, or not, but they dichotomize these worlds essentially of the Christian world and the secular world. Okay. And so you, right, you have to be living within. One of those two. So you worlds. broaden your horizon. A yeah, little bit. for sure. Opened your mind a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so went out and I worked for Dell for a little bit within the software and then shifted over to another company that was called BibleSoft, which kind of let me do two of the things that I knew really well. Um, and they decided to let a bunch of people go during 2008, much similar to now, right? Um, yeah with the economy crashing. Um, but then I just knew at any point in any time, no matter how much you devoted yourself to a particular craft, if you didn't own the ship, you can get booted from the ship. And so I, I just started doing small business, uh, and just started doing the things that I loved and wanted to pursue. And the first thing was photography, which actually led me to my wife. Okay. Um, and because we did a lot of photography within the wedding community, okay. uh, she was a wedding planner. And from then, we just always knew that we wanted to hang out as much as possible. 
So we started shooting photography a lot. Um, my kiddo, I realized how much that I didn't get to see them on the weekends and they started playing sports. So I shifted there to bent on creativity, okay, which is fabricating furniture. It gave me a lot more freedom. And my wife, Jen started doing the plant thing. And from there, like we threw these like little mini events we called, um, where people would just come in and we would kind of have like food available, planting available, dirty them hands. Yeah. Kind and of that's the one of the we, things like not to get too far ahead of ourselves. So it's one of the things I've identified as something that you guys are really good at. Like you're, you're more of an event company than you are a restaurant. You put it's, it's, it's experience forward food second. Yeah. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. No, I mean, no, not to say that your yes. food like comes yeah. second because it's great, but you, but you can tell that there's a lot of, intentionality around what you're doing with your space with people. It's not just there. It's not just a space for people to sit so you can feed them. It's more than that. Yeah, for sure. And I think kind of like we were chatting a little bit about earlier is like, I tend to distinguish our space from restaurant because I feel like that's how people perceptually think of a restaurant. You go in, you sit down, you dine and you leave. And so there's this kind of formula to engagement Whereas a cafe or a coffee shop, um, I think we tend to broaden our food realm where most coffee shops don't. They tend to think that as like a second or third grab and go aspect. Like that's one thing we really focused on was the food aspect of because I feel like I'm a food person and I love food every single day. Dude, I was looking at your menu so, and you got me intrigued. Like <laughs> I'm definitely going to be grabbing some grub. How dare you. And that, that pun was intended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay. Um, so up to this point in your journey, uh, before you, mean, you went, you opened your creative, uh, was uh, the, the bent um, yeah. furniture? Was yeah, bent on creativity. So up to this point of getting into bent, like how do you, so the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform. How did you transform as a person up to this point to set yourself up for success? In your opinion, in all the experiences you had, how did you transform to be ready to do this? Oh, to be ready to open a restaurant? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Cause usually what I'm doing is I'm asking people like, who were the, the mentors you had? What yeah. did they teach you about the industry? Like what were the lessons learned? But you didn't really have any mentors geared towards the hospitality industry For sure. at, at this point, or maybe I don't even know who that first person was, but yeah. there must've been somebody or something or experiences that you think most influenced informed who you were to set you up for success as a small business owner. Um, man, you're a hundred percent correct in not having restaurant mentors. Um, the closest thing would have been Todd Woodruff, um, with waffle champion. Like he was just somebody I always, he's on my radar by the way, ideas off of. Um, but really the people that we engaged with and how we threw our events, um, kind of is, asked us a similar question, like, do you do this every day? And so we did these monthly events where people would come in and plant things as couples and eat our food that we kind of curated. And that just always resonated in the back of my mind because I'm all about experience and all about enjoying people. And so the fundamental question I asked myself is, where do I go and not have negative experiences? Hmm. And a cafe was the answer for me. Um, and mostly because 
there wasn't always easy conversations that you had around a cup of coffee and some food, but it just had this kind of surreal feeling like all this life's buzzing around you. You're able to engage with people and it just felt comfortable and normal to me. Okay. Um, but honestly, my, my wife is when she was running a plant shop and being more and more successful, like that taught me a ton. Okay. What so did you much. learn from your wife? Cause she is your partner in the cafe as well, right? Yeah. Um, she just taught me how to be consistent cause I'm an idealist and I think shooting stars and <laughs> yeah, moons and I feel like, that, man. and so she, I guess she's always helped me realize who I am and then how to flesh that out. Okay. Um, but beyond that, some like huge people, um, that helped me kind of dial in who I am is like James clear atomic habits, like Seth Godin, Simon Sinek, all these people that kind of deal with back going to the psychology realm, but also have very practical applications of how to help you build habits and fulfill your vision. And you bring up a really interesting point right now. And I think we live in such a, a privileged time that we can literally choose who we want our mentor to be, you know, like <laughs> yeah, everybody sure. who's an influencer, everybody who's a, a thought leader who is just at the cutting edge of, the, of thinking, right. Is putting that knowledge out and it's free. A yeah. lot of them have podcasts. A lot of them, maybe, maybe you have to spend $30 to get their book, but like we have such incredible access to information now. We can digest it through so many different mediums, not just through the book, but we can now listen, we can drive, we can just consume influence. Yeah. You know? Um, what were some of the biggest I mean you mentioned Seth Godin. Who were some of the other ones that, that uh Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek is huge and uh James Clear, Atomic Habits. Okay. Um, so let's get into those yeah. mentors, right? Let's do it. So Simon, Seth, and who was the last time Atomic Habit? James, uh, James, Seth, uh, Simon, James. Okay. Seth reflecting. I mean, <laughs> dude, I love his work. Yeah. Um, give us one of the biggest impacts he had on you before opening that you think served you to this point. Um, that you have the ability to choose who you want to connect with. Um, and I want to connect with everybody. <laughs> so I think I, I just made that point. Didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Know, like, I mean, you do. And I, and more and more, I think you discover who you are as a human. And regardless, like we all have insecurities, but his deal is like rein in who you are and like people want to connect with you. Realize that you have something unique and spend time on discovering what that is and hone it and then purvey it in a way that nobody else does. Yeah. And, and you said your um, wife helped you with that. Yeah, because she's very like, she's a planner and she like always is throwing that. And it's obviously in the moment, it's not always positive, you know, but like, it's this reality that people want to know what they can rely on and you have to be consistent in that message. So Um, you said she helped flesh out who you are. Yeah, and maybe you already told us who you are to this point. (laughs) Uh, You've given us a lot of good information, but like, where were you before she helped you figure that out? And like, what was the end piece of her being like, this is who you are and like lean into that and be consistent with that. What, what was that? Yeah. I mean, I think it was just everyday life us spending together. I don't think there's this one moment where she's like, 
be who you are. But I think what helped me discover who I am is her allowing me the freedom to explore these different mediums. And through the adventure of taking photos to building furniture to making a cup of coffee, I was allowed to connect with that. And then Mm -hmm. once I did connect with that, even though she didn't really want me to do the hospitality thing because why not? Well, she knows how much work it is. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, like anybody that's done anything, like it's a grind that you have to to love. Yeah. Um, so you don't even know if you love it at this point because you never really got the experience. You never no, got to I, test it out. No, not not on a Sunday through Saturday. Yeah. Right. You know, it was these one-off events that we would hold and yeah. host. Um. So no. Yeah. But there was something within me. That made that I knew kind of made me feel more alive than yeah. before. But you're, you're, um, you're bringing something up that I think is super important in this industry, and it comes up a lot. We actually just talked about this with Mike uh, Bosch yesterday, um, where your business has to be an extension of you. And I, there is, and I've read this a lot, and even in, in my college, like hospitality classes, that they teach you, like you got to say, like what's the market. And then create something that the market wants. And there's truth to that. For sure. There's absolute truth to that. But can you show up to that every day with the same enthusiasm if what you created is what the market wants and not what you wanted? Right. If it's not an extension of who you are. For and sure. It, you know, so like, I feel like you got to find that balance. Yeah. But, and I think, honestly, I think that's why I love Seth Godin. Yeah. It's because he's honest enough to say, realize who you are, and then discover if people want who you are within your market. Yeah. And you may not be successful. Yeah, maybe you got to go to where your market right. exists, right? And For he wrote sure. Purple Cow, right? That was one yeah. of his books. And that, I think that whole book is about a unique selling proposition. But you are the unique selling exactly. proposition. And that's why it's so important to figure out, to flesh it out like your wife helped you to do, to listen to these mentors, to, to, to explore, to try different things, yeah. you know, and to fail and to go on tracks that aren't <laughs> the right track for you, to get off of it and to, to experience different things, which it sounds like you were doing, you, you know, you, you're trying different things early on in life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you also mentioned um, another big mentor, another influencer for you was, and I wrote these down, I don't know where they went, Seth, Simon Sinek. I love Simon Sinek. Um, I mean, how do you narrow down one of those lessons, right? Like, which, what was the big influence on you before opening? Uh, before opening Stitch Cafe? Well, I mean, um, you, you had OK Cafe. So, yeah, OK, yeah. Um, OK, yeah, that's right. That journey was... But before you get into that, yeah, okay. Simon, was, did Simon Sinek come before or after OK? Um, Simon Sinek was within okay. that mess. Uh, I would say James... Godin was the the biggest one before that because he helped me a lot with photography, kind of okay. fleshing those things out. And he was the author of uh, Atomic Habits, right? James Clear, Clear. Um, is Atomic Habits. Okay. So you said James Godin. Sorry, I got J- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, Seth Godin. Yeah. My bad. Uh, so did James come in later too? Yeah. Then we'll put that on we'll put that yeah. on the back burner. Um anything else before leading up to opening your first cafe? that is worth bringing to the conversation? Man, uh, no, nothing just pops out at me. All right. Um, So we're going to take our first break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to dive into what it was like opening your first cafe with no prior experience. I can't (laughs) wait for this. One of the biggest lessons I've learned hosting Restaurant Unstoppable is that 
it's impossible to be everything to everybody. You're better off being really good at what you already do well and partnering with those who compliment you. And I'll tell you right now, I am not the best resource out there for all things, PDFs, templates, checklists, you name it. But I do know who the best is, and that is restaurantowner.com because they're constantly being recommended organically on the show. So instead of trying to compete with restaurantowner.com, I've decided to partner with restaurantowner.com. Right now, when you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months access, free access to restaurantowner.com. And that includes their entire content library of PDFs, spreadsheets, checklists, templates, webinars, articles, the list goes on, and you also get access to Restaurant Startup and Growth Magazine, the digital copy. In addition, you get access to their e-training platform, which allows you, plus three of your managers and 30 of your employees to get access to it. Uh, it's it's incredible what they're doing. It's incredible that they're offering us this deal, and you're a knucklehead if you don't take advantage of it. So right now, Go to the show notes of this episode and join the network. You'll find a link to join for 30 days free on us, and you'll get that six months free to restaurantowner.com. We're back. And um, okay, so you, where does this idea that like I need to do coffee, I need to do a cafe, like what's going through your mind? What was, what was the, the, the plan at that time? So the plan was kind of like you alluded to before, like experience first, everything else second. And I knew my strength was is providing a unique experience. So we had this warehouse a block away that you can go see with a Stephen Adams mural. And it was empty. It was vacant. And we had a chance to stay within Film Row or go to a market that was a little better, the Plaza District. And we chose to stick out into, I don't know, be the frontier like it was just a new area this whole area yeah so the the plaza district i think i know that's up where like um empire pizza is. Yeah. okay cool and so we we stuck in because i felt like i had a unique vision and that unique vision was we bring in this airstream and to make everything feel like it should be outside and that's what we did so okay. we brought we brought in like lawn chairs and just the seating. Everything was eclectic. Uh, it was very... I want to get into that. I kind of yeah. want to backpedal a little bit Let's too. Do. But I feel like I want to break down this decision between going to um, Plaza Market, yeah. which is up the street where there's been a lot of success for, for people sure. who did chose that area. Um, one of my future guests on the show, Rachel Cope, you know, she opened up in that area. Yeah. Um, and then you have the where you are now is more of the downtown o- Oklahoma City area. Is that safe to say where we are now? I don't really know yeah. the market that well. Um, so, like, I guess where I'm going is like looking at the pros and cons. Like, what was going through your head between these two different markets, and what was it about this market, the downtown market, which usually, in my experience, is always the satellite markets that are the ones to get onto because things usually grow from the inside out. And those outside satellite markets are the ones that are just about to explode. Yeah. But you said, no, let's go to this heart. Let's go to the center um, where the market's already established. And I'm curious as to what the thought was. Was it just because you love the location? Um, well, honestly, this area was super unestablished. Okay. I and, don't know the market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I 100% agree. Oklahoma City kind of did this Out. suburban sprawl. And then now it comes. It exploded coming, outwards. Yeah. Now it's coming back inwards. Yeah. yeah. And so... I think we just had, we knew if 
enough people here that we loved and that we wanted to be a part of. And yeah, well, didn't. I think that's a really important part <laughs> right there. You knew enough people here already. You already established a lot of relationships because your wife had the plant company and you had the furniture building. Yeah. So you were already established. You already had relationships. Why, why uproot that pun was intended the plants. <laughs> um, when, you already have all those pre-established relationships. Sure. You'd have to start from scratch. Yeah. It makes sense. Cool. Anything else? Man, no. Right. Uh, awesome. Thank you for letting yeah, me. Yeah, for thanks, sure. Thank you for entertaining that a little bit further. <laughs> so you started to explain that you had this massive space. Um, you, you pulled in an Airstream. You wanted to create the outside experience inside. Yeah. Take us to that point. Yeah. So from there, like, it even gets a little bit weirder because I don't know if it's weirder or not, but I decided you know what? I'm going to make this menu that doesn't exist in the world. And it's going to be reinventing the pop tart from scratch. And so why pop tarts? (laughs) What's that? Why pop tarts, man? Nostalgia. Like (laughs) I love like, okay. Yeah. The whole thing about it was to make people have a good time and no matter how their day was. So it was just kind of like, let's bring this fun uniqueness outside. Like, you could be dreaming you're in the mountains right now. If you walk into our space, it would completely obliterate everything that's going on in your day. And so let's throw some more interesting things at you. Like, um, a pop tart, you know, Um, I'm, I'm curious, was a pop tart something that like you had like a, you know, a relationship as a child, like we're, we're pop tarts, like your your go to like morning snack or did you, I mean, it was definitely in my routine, you know, (laughs) like, uh, I wouldn't say like I woke up every day looking forward to it, but it was definitely something like if I was running to the bus stop, they're going in the backpack. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think back to what we were saying earlier, it's an extension of what you love. It's an extension of what makes you happy. Right. So you can share that happiness with other people. Um, maybe I'm over reaching out. Dude, I, I loved creating unique experiences that I feel like nobody can have another shot at anywhere yeah. else. You know, that's kind of what I live by. So how me understand the, the layout. Cause I know you guys had the, the plant company did, at this point to do ditch the bent furniture. Were you down with furniture? Yeah. Uh, for the most part. Why? Yeah. What happened there? Um, I don't know. Like mostly is like one person could always do it. But it, one person would always be truly tied to it, grinding. One person could always make the furniture. Yeah. And so I just, you know, when I looked at the Oklahoma market, a lot of my business that quote unquote was profitable enough to exist wasn't in Oklahoma. You know, it was like working with Warby Parker or creating this one off experience with a, a venue, you know, that wasn't. You never really... get to build the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just decided. At that point, we'd had enough interactions with people that were giving me the affirmation, one, that I should do this every day, and two, it made me feel more alive. So when so, you're saying this, you're talking about the cafe? Yeah. So, okay. Well, when we had these events, so the plant shop would have these events where I would, we'd get to be a part of and kind of create this holistic experience with food and beverage. Yeah. And so we would have those while bent on creativity still existed, you know, and it just made it made me feel like my family could grow into it. Yeah, we could all be a part of it, and I could have a I could live out in Oklahoma City. Do yeah. Um, what were some of the things that people were saying? The these words of affirmation that were encouraging you. It's mostly like 
things that really jive with me is like, this is, you know, like the most unique experience I've ever had. Like this doesn't exist anywhere else. Like what, what, what were these, give us an example of something unique that just blew people away. Um, I think mostly is like a warehouse and like nothing that we did extraordinary well, but like picking a warehouse that's in the middle of downtown that you don't really see anywhere else. Yeah. Um, kind of creating this outdoor vibe. Okay. Um, you know, so what like, you were alluding to earlier when you were kind of, yeah, I mean, picture. really we would, I don't, you know, a lot of times you don't think you're doing anything super unique, but I think you're just taking the time and energy to curate an experience that makes people feel like they're the only ones that should be experiencing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, you know, little cards that say stupid thing, like, you know, and really at the end of the day, it's that people were accepting who we are as people, mm. you know? I like that. And so, um, a couple of things that you mentioned that I think are worth bringing to the surface are really just like emphasizing with, with the, furniture company you, you point something out that's really important like that is the like perfect example i feel like a, a great example of what happens when you create a, a, a business that's dependent on you because you are the furniture maker right right so like if you're not making furniture then there's no business right and i think that if, if you want something that you can scale and maybe move away from you need to be you need to create a system dependent operation not a person dependent operation um, unless you just can't think about anything else than creating furniture and that's all you want to do for the rest of your life every day, you got to ask yourself, do I really want to make this Do I really want to make this business hinge on me? For sure. Is that going through your mind? Yeah. I mean, in the most part, it was just the real, what I felt like is the Oklahoma city market wasn't ready for a singular person needing to make one piece of furniture to pay what it's worth to sustain your living. Yeah. Um, and then and you, so, me- you also mentioned like the relationship aspect of it. Too, yeah. Which I really understand. Um, and the other thing that I thought was amazing that was, you know, great advice is that pay attention to what people are telling you. And I think that's how we find our path. You know, like, we, sure. like the, the, the universe is communicating to us. <laughs> it's telling us what we're meant to do. And for you, people are saying like, you create these incredible experiences. You're getting those words of affirmation. I think that can get people in trouble sometimes, especially when 100%. we're cooking for our friends and family and they're like, you're a great cook. You should open a restaurant. <laughs> but, um, what, what's going through your mind as I share that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're all naive on some level. Yeah. Um, and a hundred percent when you get this affirmation, what I would say now is like flesh it out more. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a run and gun type of guy. I, I always, always survive well when I'm in it. Mm. And that's, uh, how I actually feel like I learn the best. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the best advice to give to anybody. Um, but I do think you should learn who you are and what you're able yeah. to achieve. But I mean, I think there's truth to leaning into who you are. And then, you know, I thought maybe it sounds like your wife is kind of a, an opposite in some senses yeah. where she kind of reels you in and she's more of a planner maybe for sure. And I think that's, we're meant, we're meant to, to coexist with others in groups, right? Yeah. So we can be complete so we can have, so if, if you do your thing, that is just plow ahead and like get in it. That's great. If you have somebody else 
who's like in the background, like picking up the mess behind you, you know, or like helping, like helping steer you. Or like, maybe it's your rider. You're the stallion and you have a rider, (laughs) you know, like putting the reins on. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Man? Yeah. I mean, I know this is a long way moving forward, but I think that's where I'm at now where I've, I've flipped that switch and I have great leaders who lead everything daily where I'm able to pick a part to help us perfect who we're saying we are. Yeah. I like um, that. Yeah, dude. I mean, the first day of opening a cafe, knowing that I had less than like 200 latte art pours <laughs> under my belt, knowing that, I'm going to have to do this every single day. Like looking back, it's like who would ever do that? But knowing who I am and what I am, like that's what I love to do because I knew my whole thing is connecting with people. Mm -hmm. When you walk through that door, I know that I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to spend time and energy and invest in who you are. Mm. And once I know who you are, I know how to serve you. And it doesn't have to look at that point and that cafe, like it doesn't have to look the same every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be something so fleshed out that I had to teach somebody else how to execute this thing mm-hmm. because I was able to be me with every person that walked through the door. That's huge, man. I love that yeah. so much. Um, so what year was it when you guys opened okay cat or okay? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Uh, shoot. I don't know. Approximate 2000. You guys, you guys moved over here 2016. Yeah. So, so how many 14 to 16? So two years before. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a little, so what you, you're painting this picture of this incredible space that you created that yeah. you're so proud of that you got all these compliments for it, and then you left it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not intentional. Okay. Um, <laughs> but is, before we get into that, is there yeah. anything else that like you learned during that first two years? Like the, the things that you're like, well, I screwed that up. Maybe, you know, like some, something that you can prevent somebody else from making the same mistake that's worth bringing out to the, to the surface. Man, um, that space was so unique. I wish I could have stayed there forever. Yeah. Uh, if like, if there's a dream world like that, that space would have been it. Yeah. Um, landlords and all that jazz just didn't allow that to happen. But within me creating that experience, that's also how I had the potential to open up stitch. Um, And so I built those relationships for investors, for building owners to give me another shot to do something different. So Um, did you get, so that's a good question. Did you need investors for the original? um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother just, took a shot on me you nice. know what i'm saying uh and so he helped me out f- fulfill my dream you know and like i discovered everything and what it means to be an operational person how to take you know i still had all the books that i read fleshed out everything in excel spreadsheets of hitting all these numbers and margins and what were know, some of the books you were going to to, to learn about that i'd have i mean honestly i had to reel them back in there's uh the biggest one is Colin Harmon, how to run a coffee shop. Like that's the one that just jumps out of me. Um, but there's a bus- bunch of other restaurant books that just go through like your general topics of location, fundraising, all that. Um, 
So I can't. So what to were, be honest, give I me can't. like one nugget from that book that like if you didn't know this thing, if that wasn't on your radar, you know what was the biggest impact it had on you? I mean, it gave you a foundation, yeah. but was there just one thing that was like, wow, I'm fortunate to have read that book for this one reason? Um, I think uh, Colin Harmon's book, like some of the biggest things, is the sheer practicality of um, input output, like <laughs> how many shots of coffee that you can physically, one person can physically make to make you make money. Like, um, because in a dream world, like I've always, I knew if I wanted to hire somebody, like I wanted to help them support themselves. You know, it wasn't about, well, I'm going to make sure I always pay minimum wage and yeah, it's not all about those, yeah. making your margins as big as possible, which is a part sure. of it. But yeah, you also 100%. have to find that balance, that win yeah. win where you're winning and they're winning for sure. Um, so he brought a lot of sheer like practicality sense of like when you open your doors, like this is what you have to achieve. Um, you know, and you, so that book just really helped me flesh out like just the time frame it took to execute products to get them in front of somebody else. Um, so that, that book was very, and the, the name is Carl Harmon. Do you know the name of the book? Colin Harmon is his name. And I believe it's like, Everything I know about a coffee shop or something like that. What I know about running coffee shops. All right. We're going to, he's, he's now a, a, a future guest hit list. He made it to my list. I'm coming after you, Carl. He's legit as far as <laughs> I buy. You know where he's based? Uh, yeah, Dublin. Oh, shoot. Looks like we're going international. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, which I would love to go to the UK. So that's actually good to know. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, okay. So, I think there might be a lesson in that you might have learned the hard way when it comes to space and agreements and leases. Yeah. What was it? Um, cause you, you mentioned that was a perfect, yeah. and, I, and I know it's, it's hard to talk about relationships and without exposing anybody for sure, calling people out or anything like that. But is there a lesson that we can pull from your experience? Like something you, you wish you put into writing to protect yourself? Well, I mean, honestly, we had a great agreement. Everything was legal. We had enough lawyers involved. Um, the lesson I learned, unfortunately, is that when you don't own the building, that they can make your life as miserable as they want to, you know. Were they trying to force you, you out? There. Yeah, they were. I mean. Well, I don't understand. It sounds like you had a great business going. Like, it, well, it was, it was, you're a good tenant. It's a weird transition and it's nothing. To, you're paying your bills, right? Yeah, yeah. The transition was new building owners. I, I don't, I can only speculate. I think that they were trying to do new things okay. to their building. So somebody and, sold the building, you had a new landlord. Yeah. Okay. And so I would assume, you know, that they were wanting money from the bank and the bank probably looked at their lease agreements with their tenants and I think it probably wasn't allowing them to do what they wanted to do with it. Um, so they yeah, maybe I, realize you had too good of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. We had a great yeah, deal. Yeah. Like there's nothing like that's ever going to exist, but also your lease is up at some point yeah. to renegotiate, but not to talk negative about anything, but it's more to just yeah. to like learn, like what was Learn the, the learning experience yeah. is, is realize that, you may be in a space for a limited time yeah. and to always evaluate other options to where you might want to be. Yeah. And it, it um, sounds like 
it sounds like that space it worked because of your approach in that space. And you wouldn't have necessarily been able to pull that airstream into any other location. No, right? for sure. So you, like you, you're it's a unicorn. Yeah. Your, your success hinged on, or your, your, I guess your success, but your brand kind of hinged on that space. Yeah. So maybe be willing to have some kind of flexibility or like whatever. But like, I mean, I don't know, like what, Finish my thoughts. What am I? Yeah, I mean, in the moment, like I thought it was all over. Oh, okay. You know, like yes, bring that moment. Bring it to. But also, while that was happening, um, these current building owners came into our shop and were regulars, and they were building out this this experience currently that we were able to like it was almost like the perfect timing of like, okay. they gave me another shot. They're like, Hey, like you created this great experience. Um, you ever thought about moving it? And I was like, I don't know. Perfect opportunity. So that's a good point right there. You could have kicked and screamed. You could have been like, you fill in the blank, explicitive, right. Jerk faces. But it sounds like you were able to maintain your relationship. And because yeah, of that, for sure, you were given another opportunity. Yeah. Um, any lessons around that? It just goes back to people or everything. Yeah. Man, I I wrote this down. Like I truly feel like if you don't spend your time and energy on the people that walk through your door, you don't you should not be in this business. Because if you already can't execute a product, like you shouldn't already be in the business. Yeah. Um but if you can't understand and think beyond yourself. Like it's not about you and it's not about the product and it's about that person that walks to the door and how they can engage with you. Like you've missed the whole point of what hospitality means. So how do you create opportunities for people to engage with you? You just, I think we have a unique experience at a cafe setting is like people are going to chill and people are going to be doing things and I can spend my time and energy just being real with them. I think we come up with all these formulas of like, make sure the manager table touches and all these things that over time is just part of an equation of how people expect to be engaged with. So in our aspect, like we like to wrinkle that up just to like, we get, we get to see people every day normally. So we get to know their name. We get to know their kids. Like we have this unique opportunity to really just be friends and, not an acquisition and yeah. Not and things do get super formulate, like super formulaic, like, yeah. Oh, like the customer comes in within one to two minutes. You need to like greet them at the table or some people say like 30 seconds greet sure. them at the table. And then within a minute, make sure they are, you know, like getting their drink order, like all these things yeah. or whatever. Those probably aren't the accurate numbers. Well, and they're honestly like, they're all important when you expand. Yeah. If you don't have formulas, you tend to fail. There are guidelines uh, that you need. For sure. and that stuff is important. But what you're saying is some elements of it, the human relation part of it, like make sure you touch the table. Yeah. Like don't make it a checklist thing. Cause sure. like you're going to come over and you're going to be robotic. You don't want that, the human equation to be ro- You don't want there to be an equation when it comes to human engagement. Yeah. You want it to be, like you said, wrinkled because people aren't formulaic. We're fluid. We're changing constantly, yeah. you know, and you have to adapt to that. And you, and I think it's just, I mean, what, what did you mean by that? I don't want to put words in. No, I mean, you're a hundred percent right. What I mean is like, I don't have to act like 
I'm an employee. I don't yeah. have to like, yes, you represent a company and a brand, but the message is always, I'm so thankful that you just walked in through our door that I'm going to throw all that out of the way and just learn about you in the brief time that I can to help you experience this the way I feel that you want to experience mm. it. Um, and so like we truly just spend time and energy on getting to know people. So um, how do you find the bounce? Um, was there a struggle when you were like early on when you were like maybe the only person there making coffee, like yeah. to get away from the, the, the chores, the tasks to have that FaceTime or was it just like during slow time, you would just make it a point to like ask how the day is like, what do you do? Like, what is your approach again? Yeah. Something? I mean, luckily like, that model was like, I was just the cashier. And so every person I'd get to see them, you know, and on downtimes, if they're still there, like I just go talk to them, you know, yeah. why are you here? What are you doing? Like curiosity of caring about who they are and what yeah. they do during the day. Like, yeah. and that just kind of stems of like, that's how we've really have built our audience. Yeah. Um, and so, and it, it's not just me, it's hiring those people who believe in that same model mm. um, of just caring about people. I love that, man. Um, so, um, so you had a second shot at building a concept, right? Yeah. So your first concept, you knocked it out of the park. You did great. You got your lease was up. So you got forced to do it all over again. Right. What was your approach the second time around having one of these experiences under your belt? Well, this time around I knew, well, <laughs> I learned a lot about what you think that you need a lot of times it's more better polished um, experiences. And I feel like that's where I really felt as well. Um, made bigger spreadsheets, did more research. And not that you don't need these because you 100% do. Um, but I tried to make, I tried to give people more and lost a little bit of myself. Um, so I tried to give bigger experiences when really people just wanted real experiences mm. and an experience that they knew they could rely on. So you were um, going for like shock and awe well, where what you think, what you realize now is what you needed was more just authentic and real. Yeah. I don't know if it's shock and awe. I try to be all things to everybody. So when we opened up stitch cafe, it's still all about people, which is the name because we're, we're stitching, we're choosing our patterns in that, life way, to yeah. connect to people. And we choose who we're stitched to um, and who we bind ourselves to. But I tried to be an all day cafe, which is like, and it, like if you go to Austin, June's all day, like there's these places that seem to be buzzing 24 seven. And that's what I wanted to be for Oklahoma city. And to me, um, it was obviously a, a flop uh, because a, I was running out of money and I couldn't sustain hours to be open from 7am to 2am. And so when I, I mean really the pandemic while, and I always say this with a grain of salt because there's so much hurt and in where we are now to have such a positive experience from it um, is a little tough to like just verbally say no, a lot. Man, I think you're but, optimistic, you know, like you want to pull the good out of all yeah, experiences. But it gave me the one chance and I feel like the third opportunity to just fix every problem. So this first occurred. opportunity was okay. 
uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I want to keep on saying okay, cafe because yeah. it rhymes, but okay, yeah. So Second how I came up with was, was coming here. Third opportunity was yeah, COVID. just just reinventing what Stitch really meant to us. So from 2016 so, to 2020, beginning of 2020, you were 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. So uh, 2019 to well 18 ish to 20 ish. We were we tried to exist as an all day cafe. Okay, um, and so like our goal was is to allow you to always just ebb and flow your day into a cafe experience. Yeah, um, and we try to elevate our food game. We I don't think you tried. You did <laughs> well, from what I from the research. Yeah, I, I've, um, but I think our my brain thought elevation would mean more success. And what I learned was, is it's not making a dish, quote unquote, look prettier and be more exquisite. Um, It's really giving people true experiences. And I took the time during the pandemic to really reflect on everything that we failed at. And mostly it was me trying to be way more than I needed to be for my patrons like they needed a place to come in enjoy it how they wanted to enjoy it and i felt like as a restaurant with seating for waiters and being seated all this created this disconnect of being a coffee shop yeah um do me a favor paint that picture of what the elevated experience and i'm a guest (laughs) i walk through your door what's the elevated experience so the huge shift from okay out of stitch was wait wait staff huge shift so you didn't have the counter service model so everybody that knew who we were like that believed in okay yeah i would come through our door and they would now be greeted with a host, and now they'd be seated, and now they'd be given these menus. So there's for just a cafe, which is for a cafe. Yeah. Um, and so it started adding all these building blocks because we really were trying to say we care more about you, but it by wasn't being, by almost like sounds like you confused hospitality with service. And by delivering higher service, higher touch, you thought you were being more hospitable. But the truth is, to be more hospitable, you have to be, it's more warmth, generosity, care. Well, we were truly trying to bring um, all-day atmosphere and then quality ingredients. Okay. So there's a huge shift in, like, now sustainability was super important. Like, the business model of Stitch Cafe... And really, at the end of the day, during the pandemic, what I realized is, like, all I want to do is connect with people with coffee and food. How do I do that again on a more elemental level? Uh, you, you used the word true, right, before elemental right. and true. So yeah. what is the new approach? Now, I, we kind of painted that picture. Yeah. So before, now paint the new picture. The new picture is we brought in what we knew everybody loved and what. I already loved was the childlike behavior of the pop tart. So that's half the menu. We brought that back. We brought all those things back to who, okay. Yeah. was. And we kind of just split the menu in half. Um, the old, the other thing that I could eat every single day is Mexican food. Like, (laughs) so we brought in the breakfast taco, like the all, you know, the all day, like 
breakfast food in your face is just with a taco. So we simplified everything while making delicious food. We just simplified it. I love it, man. And uh, it seems like you also remove some of the, the, the logistics of service for sure to make it yep. more just organic and free flowing and like, yeah, it's it, counter my, service again. You, so you don't, you feel like you can stay a while, right? Yeah. If there's a wait staff, you always feel like you're, you're being obligated. rushed out. Like yep. here's the check, get out right. or <laughs> obligated to engage with that person yeah. longer and order more things and spend more money. Like, cause those aren't our intentions at, yeah. as a, cafe and it sounds like you and your wife really have a eye for design i mean obviously with uh with the designing furniture the the, the, the physical space at uh okay yeah um what was your approach on the the design here what were you guys trying to execute as far as the feel and the ambiance yeah i mean the initial thought was like the australian vibe like uh the beach the the airiness was super huge. Openness, plants, tons uh, of natural light. So, and you know a good plant person, so you might as well lean to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's honestly, I don't know that you could separate our identity. Um, half the time, people say they're going to the plant shop to eat our food, yeah. which is not accurate. But you know, because it's so intertwined, and yeah. we are can be so identified. I wish I didn't have to get on an airplane. Cause I would totally bring a plant home with me. I just don't know how well that will travel. <laughs> yeah. Probably not the best. Um, so right now, as far as like social media goes, I'm really interested. Your, your, um, your Instagram account to date is at 16.2 thousand followers. Did you guys accrue most of that under the okay? Yeah. Brand or is that under the stitch brand? Uh, I would say it's about, 70% okay, yeah. Okay. So, but that was also the majority of your lifespan, yeah, is it not? Yeah, for sure. So what was it that you think made, like, how did you guys get that traction early on, all these the, these likes and these following? Was, was it the experience? I don't know. That's a good question. Probably. Um, I just, I make an effort, like, to respond to anybody, to engage with, like, that's just kind of our our thing. Like, if you say something... If you tell us about your experience, good or bad, like I'm going to talk to you. Okay. Um, and so I, I think that's helped kind of mesh into the virtual world. Like any picture taking that somebody posts, like I thank them. I ask them how their experience was. Like um, I repost them. I feel like that engagement is just as real and needs to be had. Yeah. Um, because – I always, I always learn from those experiences because it's an eye on what they see, how they feel. Their language tells me a lot about um, how I treat people. Um, so I, I take that side just as important as me coming up to your table and talking to you. I love that. Yeah. Um, some of the things I want to make sure we really dive into and learn from you um, specifically. Um, well, actually, before we get into that, I want to come back to uh, Simon Sinek, because you said that he was one of your mentors kind yeah. of in the middle of it. So what were some of the biggest lessons you learned from Simon Sinek that you're applying to business today? Um, I think what he talks a lot about is learning how to be a leader and not be doing, <laughs> yeah. um, but also how to share your vision to a team in a way that makes them live out and feel alive. Um, and so he brings a lot of data oriented things that really help you kind of learn from like, 
he's very behavioralist, which helps me a lot. Um, yeah, I don't. Let's pull back a layer on this. Yeah. You said he, not to not to be doing, but to be a leader. Um, what do you mean by that? Um, because being such a hand-on person, I'm like I learn really well if I'm doing it in the mix. And a lot of times, what I've learned more and more is like the other person's not learning or becoming the person that I need them to be because I'm doing it. Yeah, um, and taking a lot away from them. And a lot of like them getting the experience to be the person that you want them to be. Yeah. Um, and just taking that opportunity away from them. I think a lot of people feel lost and not a part of something because you're not behind there. Yeah. Just be guiding them and letting them learn. Yeah. And I think it's important to do every once in a while or to at least have somebody who is the doer who does it the way that you to your standard, that, yeah. you know, so you, you have to bring somebody up to your standard. And the only way, in my opinion, to do that is, is to have done it, to know what it's done right, what that looks like yeah. and to show people that you're also willing to do it, but also to like, you know, so there is that level of doing, but you do have to get to the point where you're replacing yourself with others so you can work on your business. Yeah. Um, so when that shift comes, how do you, what did he teach you about leadership? Uh, man, it mostly taught me what I'm not good at. What's that? Um, clear communication, probably. Okay. How has um, your communication improved because of his influence? Man, uh, because of his influence is, I think I, so by nature, I love to make people happy. Mm. And I think sometimes you feel like correction is making somebody unhappy but really it's a discovery of like them having the opportunity to learn who you are and what you want from them because they in return normally want to make you happy and yeah. do do something the way you want. Yeah. yeah. And so like I learned that a lot. Like if you take the time and energy to allow, to show people and then to let them fail and then for you both to have a positive way to correct a habit and show them the habit that you really want. Like it's a beautiful moment. What is that approach to showing somebody, correcting somebody's habit in a way that doesn't discourage them, that lifts them up instead of breaks them down? Um, a lot of that is just being real, going back to being real with them, having everyday conversations for them to know that you're on their side already yeah. is, uh, is a huge approach. Like um, we always, we're always friends. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people that's kind of, I'm still small enough to be that mm -hmm. to my whole team. Like yeah. every single day, like I can send them a text still, I can still engage with them and in a way that lets them know, like I'm there for them. I'm championing them. If there's anything they need. So when I do correct them, they know where I'm coming from. I love that. Uh, you also said he helped you understand how to share a vision. I'm guessing that came from start with why or maybe not. Well, I mean, I think what he made me realize is like, just continue to do what you're passionate about and what you love, like pinpoint those and, and really perfect them. And, and so I tend to think about everything all day long and it's very stressful I think anybody can relate to that. That just 
sits around and that's in their own head all day. Yeah, I get that. But uh, <laughs> like working on something you love kind of like alleviates those things. Like remind yourself of what you love, why you love it. And it kind of just helps you alleviate the how, stress. How do you remind yourself? How do you keep that front of mind? Um, man, I, I tend to make a little bit of lists for myself on like just fundamental reminders. Like it's okay to, the biggest thing is I always tend to remind myself is it's okay to be you. Um, it's okay to enjoy what you enjoy and reiterate that message to people. I love Uh, that, man. I do. I really do. Um, okay. So, Moving forward, some of the things I wrote down that I identified, some of the, the the events, the experiences you create. On your website, you have coffee subscriptions. You have uh, the Tart Club. You have um, Make a Monday, which, I mean, I feel, I feel like, I don't know if the, the coffee subscription is so much of an experience, but I think the definitely Make a Monday is an experience creator. Yeah, so, so that's, something, that. that's something we just brought back um, from OK Yeah Days. So we would kind of just partner with different local shops into making somebody's Monday, going out of our way to take a brief moment to just pop in on somebody, give them something that shows that people give a shit. So take us through, what is it? Like, how does it work? (laughs) Yeah. So you go on to our website currently under make a Monday, you submit a request of somebody that you want them to know that you care about them. And it's, you basically tell us where to show up, when to show up, and what to show what, up with. Yeah, what message. And so we're going to essentially take them coffee, a tart, um, and then whatever, whoever we engage with that month as a business, other collectives that want to kind of chime in on that experience. And we'll just pop in and show up. Give me an example time. of another company that you'll bring in on this experience. Uh, so a lot of times we do use the plant shops. So yep. it could be a floral range, coffee, a tart and like yeah, a, a gift, a little of bouquet or yeah. something. Um, it's been like t-shirts, just different things. Uh, like we'll chime in. We used to chime in with blue seven or collective thread and we'll probably talk to our neighbors down the street. So what, what what's blue rib? What are these companies? Give us, give me an they're example. They're just local. They so they're boutique. They do, clothing and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot happening here. First, you're creating a positive experience for somebody in your community. Second, you're also collaborating with other businesses that cross promote and to tie this good experience to some, like you're bringing other companies, other community members in on the event of making someone's day. Right. So like that is, you know, whenever you can make positive ripples and you can bring other people in on it, right. You can collaborate, um, which I think is worth highlighting. Like we don't collaborate enough in this industry. I don't think. Um, but as far as like, how does it work? Are you gifting this stuff? Yeah. So like if I, if I wanted to buy something for Sally down the street, my, my good friend who's having a rough, she had a rough month last night. I want to lift her or a month, rough month last month. I want to lift her up this month. I'm going to get her a, a Monday. What's it called again? Monday. Um, so make a Monday. Yeah. Make a Monday. So Essentially I'll, it's going to be a raffle after that. Okay. You're going to submit all these people are going to be submitted and then we use a raffle system. It's going to populate that person. And then what's the raffle system? Uh, we just put it into one of those programs that kind of like, do you know the name of it? Uh, I'd have to look it up. No. I'm trying to help other people yeah. recreate this. Experience. I will definitely uh, yeah. send this to you. Um, but there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah, that you Google can just, search raffle. Yeah. Um, and so we, I thought now more than ever, like 
still within the pandemic of everybody just kind of a little bit disarray trying to figure out their life. Like just want another, throw out another positive moment. So. Yeah. Um, so this is a gift basically. Yeah. You're, you're winning this. So you're winning for, you get the submit someone's name and they win basically all this yeah. stuff. It's free. Uh, that's cool. I like that. Um, get into these subscriptions in these clubs is the tart club and, and the coffee subscription kind of similar in how it works. Like how, what, what's yeah, going yeah. on? There? So Target club's going to be released in February, which is Valentine's ish month you yeah. know, day. And so the, the goal with that is like, we feel like we have a unique experience overall every day you could come in, but the tart, the tart club's going to be like, we're going to create signature flavors that only you could have within this tart okay. club. And so they're going to be each week in the month, you're going to get to have this unique tart. However, whatever you want to do with it, you know, give it to somebody, eat something, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Um, but the goal of that is just unique experiences that we feel like you're not going to get anywhere else. And so we're just going to kind of expand on that. You're also that. creating a VIP experience too. So you're yeah. giving people who are your most loyal tartars, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. them, a, a chance to feel special, a chance to, to stand alone. Right? Yeah. How, what do you charge? Is there a, a fee to be a part of this club? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like, it's not going to be any more than what a tart typically costs. So it's going to be like 20, 20, 25 bucks okay. um, for the month. And okay. so you're going to get those. We're looking at, obviously, if it's local, we're probably going to just drop it off on your doorstep. Yeah. And we have, oh, so it's delivery. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, you can pick, if you want to pick it up and that's what you want to do, like that'll be an option. But our goal is create these unique experiences for you. Um, everything we ever do is just going to be from my something that you definitely pinpoint. It's always going to be, how does this give somebody a unique experience? I love that. So, um, what are the other, so what, uh, when you create a, a tart club like this, what are the, the rippling side effects aside from creating a unique experience yeah. that's unique to your brand? Are you collecting, I mean, you're generating more revenue. It's a, sub, a subscription base. So you right. know that like every month I'm going to have <laughs> this much money coming yeah. through on this vertical of revenue. Right. Um, so it helps you get a little bit more predictable, with cash flow, yeah, right. What else? Um, the down, the, I mean, really, the only downside is when do you run out of cool ideas, right? Yeah, that's um, a lot of pressure. So, but the, the well, ups. Make, sorry, right? go ahead. Go no. ahead. I was gonna say you can make it a competition amongst your team. Yeah, and right? that's that's fun. You know, and that's kind of where we go with it. Yeah. We start saying, "Hey, now everybody brainstorm because yeah. we're running out yeah. <laughs> But it also awakens your staff to. You, but sorry, go go go. You to be more creative. Yeah, uh, it it taps into them certain things that they don't get a chance to always. Um, yeah. So that's fun. The thought that was going through my mind, and I love what you just share with us. Absolutely, you want people. It gets stale. Yeah, you, you know, sure. like you, you need something to keep things like fresh and alive, and that creative the, the, those to let those creative juices flow. But I think this is an also another great opportunity for you to, to again collaborate. Why not pull in other cafes or bakeries? Yeah. that do something really freaking cool, or somebody who has a dessert in town that's like well known like do a collaboration where you promote them or sure. promote you like there's no shortage if you if you have that open mentality that collaborative mentality there's no shortage of energy to create you know 100 percent. and that um even further down on our website is another part like is a patron blog section that we're going to work on and that's really for everybody that comes through our door that is creative at some point, we're going to tell your story. And you're like, 
Because that's what making it about them. Yeah. It, now now they have them. They feel like, oh my god, they care about me so much. Not only do they pay attention to me, but they're sharing me and my creativity with everyone else. Right. And like that's just going to come back around. That that's going to create loyalty. You also have your coffee subscription. Does that work similarly to this coffee? By the way. Is amazing. I've been I've been meeting. I don't even know what he poured me. I told him to surprise me. Yeah. What was his name? Uh, Jonah. Jonah. Yeah, he did a good job. That's this was awesome. delicious. I don't know what it was. But I'm I don't either. Um, but yeah, I mean, we carry twenty different roasters from around the world. I don't know that that has happened to date. Um, and it's not to like toot our own horn because it has toot away, brother. It has a ton of challenges with it. But like, that's another thing that we just wanted to do. A unique experience. We felt like for Oklahoma coffee community to grow, we needed more experiences. And so we decided to be the largest multi roaster in Oklahoma city for sure. But I think probably are in the United States, if not more. Um, but like the goal is to say, here's standards, here's quality coffee and really start peeling back the layers of, it's not about the necessarily the brand, Um, but we get into each of those brands, but it's more about like, take the time to drink coffee and get to know, explore coffee, like a beer, like a wine. We're just trying to put that in there. I love that. Um, and then we have to talk and this has got me really excited. Okay. Uh, when David, uh, Kittredge put me, David, shout out by the way, thank you for making this introduction. Um, shout out to everybody over at the idea collective. This is awesome. Um, (laughs) Uh, good friends. We got to get them on the show. And we I kinda, did. I know. I mean, I've got to just make a trip out there as soon as possible to get them on the show. But anyway, um, so you are starting a podcast. Yeah. And take me take me through the vision of your podcast. I love that you're starting a podcast. Yeah. When, when I saw this, when you, when David put me on your put you on my radar, and I saw that you were starting a podcast, I got so excited. So, what's the vision? The vision is to be more real now than ever to give people opportunities to engage with this um, in new and fresh ways. But being that we have 20 different roasters, now I want to engage with those roasters and anybody in coffee and just talk about it because I think we all can learn now this, you know, you're saying like you get in the car 20 minutes down the road, you can listen to all these things, but we felt like we had this opportunity to truly share about people. We need to make people more real. And it's not just a bag, a label, like there's real people doing this. Yeah. Stuff. I think we forgot that. I think through the, maybe like starting in like the late seventies through the eighties to the nineties to the early two thousands, we just got more transactional, more transactional, right. more. It's about how much does that cost? Like how easily can I get it? Convenience, cheap, convenience, cheap to this point where we're just like, we don't know where anything comes from. We're so soulless. You know what yeah. I mean? It's about scale, you know? And we're so, no wonder why more people are killing themselves than ever before. You know what I'm saying? No wonder why there's a spike in like depression and everything. Cause we don't, we're not who we were meant to be. We're not transaction or not, not transformative. There's no, I feel like relationships are just dissolved. You know, we forget that our choices affect other people. Yeah. Um, and it's important that we remind people to be conscious with their money to, to, to put their money into a relationship or into somebody, not a product for sure. Right. Does that tie into what you're trying to do? Yeah. A hundred percent. Like my goal is, is it gives me the opportunity to talk with all these people we get to collaborate with that. We know that we can say, 
but like they're so nice and all this. Well, it gives everybody else a chance to, to hear these people, to see what they're about, to, to realize that their product has this lifespan that they've put into, you know, like, um, so it's just, it's another way to make people more real and give everybody the opportunity to connect with them. I love that. Um, so are you just going to be focusing on roasters or are you going to be focusing? I know you have your program where you're going to be highlighting creatives in your community. Are you going to get them on the show too? Well, I just learned from you. No. no so like, I, I do think it's going to be like engaged with who, you know, and then within that circle, it's going to expand and grow. Uh, I don't think it'll be just roasters. Um, but that was the initial thought was really to engage with the people that send us product. Yeah. And so it'll probably be like, uh, we use a local milk. So like it'd be much more dealing with our chain and who, what products we use and how we use them and why. Yeah. And then give them an opportunity to share. How often will you produce? Uh, we're, we're going to try for like once, um, Month, once, yeah, I think that's a good months. number because if you do once a week, how long will it take you to get through right. that network? For sure. You know, you want to kind of drip it out. Yeah. You know, pun also. In- <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love this man. Um, who's your target market going to be? Hopefully who follows us now? Like yeah. really my, my hope and my thought and my dream is that it just allows us to all grow together. In what way? Um, in, in the love with coffee, mm. in the love with uh, our primary focus is, is coffee. And like we serve up food and we love that. Um, but like I always, I feel like as a coffee shop, our mantra is always going to be leaning into that. A, because we feel like it's so unknown when you start peeling back, like what's all going on in the coffee realm, like it's just so much to explore. And while there is obviously in the, in the food chain, I don't, I don't feel like we necessarily navigate that direction as much. Mm-hmm. So like our, our heart, our beat is normally always going to be kind of leaning into the coffee realm. I love that. Um, and I think right now, um, one of the reasons, and I'm, you know, Seeing that you're starting a podcast made me think that I think podcasting is a great tool for restaurants, um, blogging as well. But I really like podcasting because it's a way people in this industry tend to be so personable. It's hard for their personality. It's hard for their charm to come out in the written word. Right. right. And we are so good at connecting with other people and with audio. There's something about just storytelling and communicating that touches, you know, deeply with others. It connects deeply within others. And that's what this industry is all about, right? Is, is creating connections, stitching people together, relationships. And it's so easy to share, you know, it's just, I think it's a great tool to, to get your values out into the world, to, to, to share the stories of your purveyors. And that's a a big part of what restaurants do is it's not about us. It's about everybody else, right? You know, and it's such a great platform to do that. Yeah. Um, I really, I'm thinking about trying to collaborate with, uh, I mean, I, it'd be fun to teach people how to podcast, how to create a podcast, right? You should. Um, so I'm thinking about maybe reaching out to Pat Flynn or John Lee Dumas, or there's so many people that I learned how to podcast from and people are like, why don't you just teach people how to podcast? Cause I'm not honestly that passionate about podcasting <laughs> really. Like I'm passionate about people and this right. is a great medium, for a great sure. tool for me to use. Um, but I think more and more people, if you have an interest in podcasting, 
reach out to me and we'll try to get somebody who's an expert to teach us how to do it. We can create some like podcasting for restaurants, some type of like format or something. Cause it's a unique, it's a unique approach. Um, so what are you using for software? I know that you're not, you're, what's your approach? So like, for example, I use a a focus, right? Uh, interface, um, an I eight, 18 or 18 I eight, uh, interface. And I use Adobe and I'm using a Heil PR microphone. Right. So what's your approach? Why did you choose the equipment you chose? I mean, really I'm using Zencaster, um, basically cause it's a hi-fi podcasting platform that allows me to connect with my guests that are offsite. Um, and then I have a setup similar like this. So when you hit record on Zencaster, where does that audio file go? Uh, it's like a cloud-based system, okay. right? So the recipient or the, can also download their file. Um, but yeah, it's just sitting there for you to dub over, do whatever you want with it. Um, but it's got its own mixer interface and stuff like that. Okay. So what microphone did you go with? Um, good question. A good one? <laughs> the most uh, expensive one. <laughs> I did pretty much just research and looked yeah. at pros and cons and... Uh, it's just a USB interface. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, I recommend you start with tools like soft tools like that in yeah. USB. Uh, you don't need like the stuff that I have. Like I didn't start with this. Yeah. Like, I started with a little blue snowflake, like $50 microphone. Um, it took me time to scale into what I have now. <laughs> um, but just start, you know, like get what you need to start and just start talking to people. Um, and you know, have some type of, I think objective, have a purpose, yeah. have a why, why you're doing it in a, a format, but also make it formulaic so you don't have to recreate the wheel every time you yeah. do an episode. Cause let's be honest, we're busy for sure. You know, you want to be able to sit down and just do what you do yeah. without having to put too much thought into it. Um, what else can you think of as far as if anybody's thinking about starting a restaurant podcast or uh, a food geared podcast? Yeah. I mean, you definitely like the mic. I tested out quite a bit before I decided, yeah, I like it or I don't, but um, the name of it is mono. Uh, it's just a USB. It's got a lot of great reviews on Amazon and that's kind of where I went down. How much channel. is it? It's a uh, hundred bucks. Yeah. It's a good mid, that's a good yeah. mid range. Um, I think you can get an audio technica, like something. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. Like I think it's right around a hundred bucks. It's another USB, but it came with like the stand and, mufflers and stuff like that to yeah, that's help clean everything up. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, honestly, there's so like, there's so like podcasting has been exploding for the past five, six years. Like there's no shortage of resources yeah. out there to learn about this stuff. Um, but I think it's a, a tool, especially right now, which kind of leads us into our next um, conversation when we are being told to not socialize and to be distant. You know, I think, podcasting and we had to, we had to increase our digital footprint when it came to online ordering and just making those transactions digitally. But I think we also need to make our relationships. Who's that? That's Scott. Is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need to make our relationships more digital, right? Because we need to be able to continue to connect with people. When right. We can't. And what better tool than podcasting? Right? Yeah. I mean, in podcasting, blogging, any of those things, one thing that I realize is I tend to, explore or want to accomplish a lot of things in hospitality that are intangible 
that these platforms give you a chance to, to talk about sustainability, to talk about all these things that you don't physically get to see when you walk to the door, make a transaction, sit down and enjoy your cup of coffee. Right. So if I care about those things and I feel like I'm not accomplishing those tasks, like how do I go about to do that? And it's realizing I just have to share myself more yeah. with what I want to achieve yeah. and who I want to be. And that's the whole point of Restaurant Unstoppable. Right. That resonates so much with me. The mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform. We're going to transform people by making an example of people like you and your values. To let other people know to make it in this, in, in, in this industry, it's not about – I mean, it has a lot to do with how well you do the thing. For sure. But it also has to do a lot with who you are and why you do it. Right. You know, And that's really – what I'm trying to make an example of. We didn't really get into the, the nitty gritty today. We got more about into who are you and what are your values and why do you do what you do? Yeah, That to me will be what makes this industry become transformative values forward. Right. For sure. Um, sorry. <laughs> if I just drop some thunder there, um, dude, I'm loving this conversation. Um, back to COVID-19. Um, what is your approach as far as your business and operations go to sustain? I mean, it's looking like we're probably people are saying into 2022, right? Um, what are you looking to do? How have you sustained up to this point? How did you evolve? I mean, you kind of told us earlier, you slowed down, you got more high touch. What else? Um, I mean, the biggest thing that we did that helps is curbside. I think everybody did, but toast is a great platform for that. Um, did I tell you that toast was a sponsor? No. Okay. Just making sure everybody knows these are not plugs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how did they help you? Well, they just, they grew a lot. Mm -hmm. They made a huge shift in, uh, use how user friendly it was. Um, the interface for people to order is super easy to use. So, I mean, we went from obviously no, no shock because everybody's ordering that way, but, numerous people have told us that it's so easy to order and you just show up like the, in the way the customer can engage um, the way that we can convert our menus to be an online ordering system was super easy. So that's something they kind of did on while they did it. I don't think they did it great so that they shifted really quickly and really well with. Um, so yeah, like, I feel like with every organization, there's growing pains though. Yeah, for sure. You know, they had to respond in a way they did as good as they could with the time, you know, under pressure. Yeah. Um, but it's only going to get better. Right. Yeah. Um, so toast right now, and I'm apprehensive to say this. So I'm saying this with a, a caught, like a little bit of a sigh, like a, like a cliff note, like, I don't know, like a, so there's asterisks next to what I'm saying right now. Um, the deal up to in through 2020 was that if you use my links, they're going to pay me a commission of $2,500 and I've been splitting after taxes, my commission with the listeners. They're changing their affiliate program. So I'm apprehensive to promote that. But regardless, if you please use my links as you will support the show, I don't know if they're going to be honoring that 2,500 anymore. So I'm a little apprehensive with saying I'm going to write you a check for a thousand dollars because I might not be getting paid that. So, but still regardless, please continue to use the links. Um, thank you in advance. If you do, it really supports the show. And I just wanted to make sure folks know that, um, the links will be in the show notes. This is episode 773. Any other thoughts around COVID before we start to move into the speed round? Man, uh, no, I mean, cause I feel like it's such a crazy adventure for everybody. Like yeah. 
so different. Um, the only thing I could really say is obviously figure out how you could engage with people out of your space as much as possible, delivery, whatever that is. Um, Give me an example of how you engage with people out of your space. Well, I feel like, A, I've gone more virtual, just communicating to people, talking to people. But really, the to-go system is where everybody feels most comfortable, and you have to meet their yeah. needs. So, so how, Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. I was going to say, how are you communicating more virtually? Uh, Aside from the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just on Instagram, Facebook, clearly communicating how people can not have to come into our space to order. Um, Toast also has that little, their own little ordering app. Yeah. Uh, so that's another way to know that you can to order. So um, what's the copy look like on Instagram and on Facebook? How are you directing people to these platforms? Um, mostly just reiterating <laughs> in the profile, like there's a link order online to be brought to your car. It can be delivered to you. Yeah. Like one thing that I do you realize it's like sometimes you tend to not want to beat a dead horse, but like you have to, I think you have to because yeah. you really don't know a hundred percent of the time how often people are saying anything, but really people need to hear it more than once. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I've loved this conversation. Uh, before we go to the speed round, um, I like to echo as much as possible again, being that dead horse. Um, the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. How have you transformed since getting into the food and beverage industry? How are you a better man today? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I was talking to Dave, and I was like, dude, I don't like, I don't feel like I. Uh, Why'd you sign me up for this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel like, do I have lofty goals? Yes. Do I feel like I accomplish them? Most of the time, I would say no. But. I think the only way I inspire is to realize to like chase your dream and realize what makes you feel alive will only make you feel alive. If you keep doing that, don't give in to anything else because I've felt myself on the other end of that. You try to do what you think people want and you find yourself not alive. Mm. Um, but as far as me actually accomplishing anything, like, (laughs) I don't know. Um, if people come into contact with me, like that's what I tell them to do. Like it takes a lot more grit. It takes a lot more sacrifice than probably you'll ever feel like it will. But like, if that's what makes you feel alive, do it. I love it, man. This has been a great conversation. One more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to bust out a true speed round. Who wants to be more efficient and cleaner? everyone. So streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness and also kills SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 in 15 seconds and norovirus the flu in common cold viruses in 30 seconds helping you reduce risk simplify your procedures and help protect your team your guest and your reputation with ecolab sink and surface cleaner sanitizer visit ecolab.com unstoppable or talk to your ecolab representative 
Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you already use and trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free. Head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. We're back. The first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Oh, dusting yourself off. Yeah, dude. Like uh, getting, I think I take punches pretty well. So <laughs> sometimes you just got to keep on getting back yeah. up. It's some, it ain't nothing to it, but to do it is what I like <laughs> to say. Uh, what is your biggest weakness? Uh, clarity. Mm. Probably. Um, clarity of what? Oh, knowing the best path to achieve what you want. Um, so I think a lot of that is maybe as I don't always plan deep enough or long enough. Um, but yeah, I would say a lot of time it's, I've always been a person that likes to discover things doing it. I'm the same um, exact way. So Just throw think, me in there. I'll yeah. figure it out. Improv. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is one question you ask or thing you look for during the interview process when you're, when you're growing your team? Um, I typically feel like I learn a lot if I just ask them where they want to be in the mm. two years from now. What are you looking for? Uh, if they have any sense of themselves. Um, because you always, people always can give you the answer. I love coffee. And you, the follow-up question is like, well, what do you love about coffee? Everything. And so really just when I'm interviewing something, I want to know that they're willing to give me a little bit of themselves to just know that they're real. Yeah. I like and that. that we can go on this journey together. What's your biggest challenge today? Uh, the biggest challenge today, I would feel like, um, I always am lofty goal oriented. And so I think what this pandemic has taught me a lot is minimalizing your goals and achieving smaller victories. Uh, just, you know, so, uh, and realizing that's a victory. Well, it's also like the idea of like, how do you eat, an elephant, <laughs> you know, like one bite at a time. Right. So don't make the goal of the elephant, make the goal, the snout. Yeah. You know, like or a tusk for sure. Or maybe a, a elephant toe, you know, and then you also yeah. feel like you're achieving more because sure. you're, you're packaging thing else. So take small bites. Yeah. Right? I love that. Uh, what is one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team? So this is a core value yeah. way to be. Um, and this goes back to James atomic habits, 1% improvement. If anything that you learn from him and his book, that's it. Like every day, try to be better. Yes. Like, um, and that's it. And I think a lot of people compare themselves to others 
And when you do that, you stop growing because all you got to do is beat the guy or girl next door, right? Yeah. But when you compare yourself to yourself, then you're constantly growing. Yeah. Because you're constantly getting better. So you have to be better every day. Yeah. Uh, I love that. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So this is something that's common within your four walls, but not common throughout the industry to go above and beyond service. Yeah. I think it's, I think ours is just how much we engage with people. Um, so one thing that really is weirdly nothing that I taught, but is, I guess I did teach is just caring about people. And so a lot of our staff started writing little thank you things on the lids and on the sides of cups, like have a good day. And like, and knowing their name, like all those variables, I think people started feeling that we gave a shit about them. Yeah. So like, I think, us always talking about caring about people is super important. And they kind of like just took it on themselves to like, this is how we can show we can care. And Jonah doesn't care about you. Jonah, where's my mess? Whatever. He did walk it over here. So he cared a bunch. I'll give him that. But yeah. So like, (laughs) I think that's the, the conduct of just making sure people know that we care about them. Kind of flesh it out self out and like not a taught way. I love that. Uh, What is one book that's a must read to become a better person or restaurant owner. We already dropped a bunch of book titles on books today, but what's one that comes to mind that you really want to stress? Yeah. I mean, you said the purple cow, like I think, um, the one thing that I would say, I don't know. It's, I think it's in there. Uh, but really like to me is being able to sustain yourself by being unique, but also being able to make it functional. Yeah. I love that. Um, what is, and that's the purple cow by Seth Godin. Yeah. Um, what is one thing you feel restaurant tours don't do well enough or often enough? I think most of it has to do with just engaging with their staff, mm. um, knowing who they are, where they are, what they're doing. Um, I guess. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just think, and it's obviously easy for me to say because I have a small outfit. Um, but, a lot of times you look and you see like big picture, like, well, something's not going the way I want it. Well, do you know anything about what's going on in the kitchen? Say just the kitchen morale. Do you know what Todd's going through? Do you know why all of a sudden he's shitty? Like, Mm. so I I think a lot of times like to solve your own problems, to make your company better, it goes back to like spending time with your crew. And there's one thing, a, a huge lesson that I think every restaurant to work can start doing today that would have a huge impact on understanding where their employees are at. Just start asking before they clock out that they have to give you an idea of where they are emotionally on a scale from one to five, pick a number. Yeah. And if you start getting some twos and some threes, that's your cue, you know, to be like, what's up? Are yeah. you good? You know, it's just a way to check in every day. Um, I know that a lot of like home base does it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's built right into the software for sure. And you can get alerts. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of platforms. Do That's that another time. great tool. If you're not using it, it's great for scheduling. Yeah. Um, it's great for communicating. So I should probably mention seven shifts as they're sponsoring. <laughs> this right now. Seven shifts is an also another great tool, but there's tons of great tools yeah. out there. Really? Um, name one service you've hired or outsourced. So this isn't a technology. This isn't a software. This is a, a person or a group of people that do something really well, better than you that you said, Hey, how, how about you do this for us? Uh, so I used a local artist. So when we're rebranding, um, stitch, 
uh, I'm kind of try to do everything myself. And so I, that was one of the first times that I just sat down and said, I'm going to work with an artist to help me generate what's in my brain. All right, let's so, give this artist some love. Who is it? Cash Wheeler. All right. Do you know their website or anything like that? Uh, the name of their business? Instagram is it's at Cash Wheeler. It's cash Wheeler. Order. Okay. Yeah. That's so cash like out. cash money. Yeah. And what was the last name? Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah. W H E E L E R. Cash Wheeler. You're going to get some love. <clears throat> uh, if you ever need somebody to do some, uh, if you're in Oklahoma and you're looking for a local artist and then, um, this we're almost there, man. Uh, what is one piece of technology you've adopted within your restaurant that's had a huge impact on communication, operations, efficiency, profitability, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, we we said them both. Like toast and home base are two things we use all the time. I love it. And uh, this is the last question. It's a doozy. So get ready for it. <laughs> uh, if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your <laughs> legacy. What would those pieces of wisdom oh, be? Oh, man. I go Jesus. big, brother. <laughs> oh, no clue. Um, what, comes, what comes into your heart? You're talking to your kid right now. Yeah, I would tell him to just... I mean, it's so tough. Like, engage with people. Like, love That's people. One. I'll give you a second uh, one because it's come up so many times. Be yourself. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like, give a sh- give a shit more about who you are um, than what somebody else thinks. But really, to me, they're so interconnected mm-hmm. that like the more you engage with people, like this more this like oneness becomes. Yeah. Like, they understand you, and you understand you. So be more okay with being yourself to other people. So the first one was, um, understand others, I think, or, uh, engage with others, (laughs) Yeah, engage with others and then know yourself or be yourself. And then, uh, go, I would say try things that you have no idea. Get out. If you'll enjoy. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone because how I, I never expected to be in this industry. And that's where growth comes yeah, is for in sure. areas of discomfort. You guys, yeah. like, that's why when we go to the gym and it starts to suck, we start to get in better shape, <laughs> you know, like, and that, that mentality applies to yeah. like personal growth and inner growth. For sure. Uh, I love this, man. I love this conversation. Uh, we wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. That's how I find the majority of my guests. Uh, I don't really like to go to publications. I rather talk to people in see who's doing it right. Um, that's how I found you. They thanks again, David for putting chat on my radar. So who do you respect and admire and believe and make a great guest mentor on the show? Yeah. I mean, I want to call him out even though he tended to not want to do it. I really <laughs> think, uh, Todd Woodruff with waffle champion and then such, um, I think maybe he just needs a back scratch. Maybe, maybe now that he, he knows I'm in town. He just needs a back scratch. Maybe he knows I'm in town. Uh, maybe we can send him a, a little sneak peek of what it's about. Yeah. Maybe he needs a little <laughs> coffee and a tart. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I think he's just a person on the list that represents Oklahoma City well and represents Even if he's not willing, thank you for, yeah, for letting sure. us know that you respect yeah. and admire him. A little tip of the hat to you, Todd. And uh, how can we connect with you if we are in Oklahoma city and we want to come try some of your amazing coffee from 20 different purveyors from across the nation or world. You said, yeah. How do, how can we connect? Maybe we want to join your team. Um, 
hey, stop in the coffee shop. I'm there Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So if you want face to face, that's the best time. Uh, I do the social media accounts, so feel free to chime in there, and I'll engage there. Um, but yeah, like we we tend to try to keep everything on the website up to date. Um, but like engagement with me, Instagram is probably the the first spot in the handle. Yeah. Uh, stitch OKC. All right. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Chad. There yeah, is no questioning. You. you are unstoppable. Cheers. Cheers, man. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Chad Grubbs, thank you so much for joining me, man. It was a lot of fun chatting with you uh, and sharing your story. I, I love the things I love from today's conversation were how you just had to explore yourself and your, your wife was a huge part in that in helping you explore yourself and doing what just fills you with joy. And, uh, it took a few swings of the bat before you connected with the ball, but it sounds like you're there. It sounds like you found your niche with just creating these experiences and connecting your community. And, and I could not be more happy for you. Uh, some really great stuff came out of today's chat, uh, like the importance of events, like collaboration, and finding unique ways to literally tie together your community and promote other businesses in your community. And I really love how uh, you're going to be starting your own podcast. I think that's an incredible way to, to do self-promotion and to connect on a deeper level and to, to share the stories behind your brand. I think that's so smart. And I think more people should do podcasting for their restaurants. Uh, and then also, I really love this mentality of the subscription uh, models you're getting into. And I think that's the future. Uh, if you can create a, a steady source of income that will allow you to plan ahead into the future uh, and you know get that steady flow of cash on top of your daily revenue uh, just for stability and security. I mean, I think that's so brilliant. And I, I really want to start learning more about uh, different ways people are creating those subscription models within their business. Um, and I think, you know, those are the big takeaways for me today. And again, thank you so much, Chad, for coming on the show. Uh, before we say goodbye, I would like to remind you guys that we have some cool events coming up in the next couple of days. We have uh, last week's guest, Mike Bosch, joining us for Shop Talk on Tuesday at 2.30. And uh, today's guest, Chad Grubbs, is joining us Wednesday the 20th at 3 p.m. EST to Shop Talk. Uh, if you guys want to be a part of these conversations and ask your questions and connect with my guests, then join the network, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 773. There'll be a link for a 30-day trial in there if you guys want to join these conversations. And also, tomorrow, we have a Jolt Roundtable. If you guys are interested in leveraging Jolt and you want to connect with other Jolt users, then come join the conversation. All right, that's it for today. Until next time, peace out.